Welcome to Music 316 for Wednesday, November 25th, 2009. Yesterday we followed the Duggar brothers on their journey through Rag Asavari to explore the scale and the musical notes and patterns of the Raga. We heard them descending from the Sa, the first note of the middle octave, all the way down to the Sa of the lower octave exploring the scale, seeing how you got from one note to another. Fourth degree of the scale. 
same as the western fa and now pa western sol the fifth degree of the scale One of the drone notes played by the tempura. The tempura is playing sa and pa over and over and over again. So those are the two drones <coughs> against which the singers move. And of course, you know if they're going up to ga, ah, they're going to go up one more to da, western wa, the sixth degree of the scale. And back down to pa. Da is a flat note, like re and ga. this for a second so that I can hear you a little better. On the handout, there is no ga on the ascending one. No, ga is a descending. Okay, so you know. Okay. okay. But it gets thrown into different kinds of melodic patterns. So technically, although it's supposed to be part of the descending scale, and so is the knee, in fact, once in a while, they might use it to ascend. It's the difference between theory and practice. And remember, we talked about that in connection with the Japanese Buddhist shomyo chant and the teacher who told me, well, this one is theory and that one is practice. We have the same issue in Indian music. The practice is always a little bit more complicated than the theory because people who write theories about music or anything else tend to want to make the theories very clear and logical. But sometimes in the real world, things aren't quite as clear and logical as the theory would like to suggest. That's a fact of life that musicians have learned to live with all over the world. And I'm afraid if we study music, we have to learn to live with it too. So good observation and listen for this note, ni is also not supposed to be in the ascending scale. It's supposed to be a descending note only. And in fact, you'll most often hear it with re coming down to ni, descending from re to ni. But sometimes you'll hear ni before it goes up to sa. And that is a violation of theory, but it's good musical practice sometimes to do that. Oh, mm -hmm. 
pure, it's so much in tune with the drone on the tempura. It couldn't possibly be anywhere else in the scale. And this is starting to feel so natural to us that Da really wants to go to Pa. Ma wants to go up to Pa. Everything around here wants to gravitate towards Pa. Everything around here wants to gravitate towards Sa. as they sing, day and night. Oh, and there they are finally, up at the upper saw. That's where they were going all along. And once more, just kind of a quick survey up that middle scale. All the way up to Sa at the top. And that feels right. That feels like finally you are home. Whoa, and there's the rain. So there's even more music above saw. Whoa, and there's Ga up there. Above saw. So the scale does go on, up higher and higher. We know that the music always could grow and develop up there. But this is really just to show us the musical environment that Saul lives in up here. And that it's similar and related to the one down here. And down here too. Uh, 
And now these syllables get stronger and stronger. Dene, dene. There weren't any syllables at first. It was just ah. Now we're into consonants and vowels, and because of that, we get more of a rhythmic feeling. jar, which is faster and more rhythmic than the alab. Now they speed up again. Instead of faster. <laughs> so this is part three. The jala, the fast rhythmic alap. Now the raga is starting to flesh out, or maybe it's starting to grow a skeleton of beats that give a more solid form to that very soft melodic raga that was, whoa, what was that? Wow. This you get only in Drupad, that flat tire on the interstate sound as they go up and down the scale so fast that you can hardly tell what they're doing. In fact, if you record this and have an electronic reader of some time graph, graph it out, it, sh it shows that they are not just sliding around aimlessly, but rather they are zooming through a bunch of pitches so fast but your ears can't keep up with them, but they have got it perfectly right so that they hit every one of those notes right on pitch. see people's faces here the, hearing this for the first time. Oh, now what? Hey, what's that we're hearing for the first time? The drum. A drum, not a drone. We're still hearing the drone, by the way. But now, 
This instrument has come in, the pakawage, a barrel-shaped drum, barrel-shaped because it bulges out in the middle. It has two skin playing heads, and it has tuning paste. The black dot that you see on this end, and there's another one on this end. Tuning paste is made from different ingredients, but the main ingredient in this kind of tuning paste is iron filings, filings of iron metal that are soaked in liquid substances and oxidized, so they turn not rust red, but rather the black color that you see on the, ha on the handout. And this drum is the pakawage. We'll see it on one of our videos. Here are the other two Duggar brothers, the Vina player and the vocalist, Zia Mohinuddin and Zia Fariduddin. And there's the pakawage drum played by Monik Munde. <laughs> This is a big drum with a deep sound. That deep sound goes nicely with the deep sound of the vena, and it also goes nicely with the style of Drupad singing that the Duggars are famous for. So that is the Pakalaj drum. Pakalaj is the kind of drum that is most commonly associated with Drupad and players of other kinds of music tend to use another kind of drum called the um, tabla which is actually a set of two drums and we'll see in a few minutes. Um, the drum plays the tala or rhythmic cycle and you see on your handout that the tala here is called Sula Tala. It has 10 beats, a cycle of 10 beats. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But those beats are accented in a particular pattern so that there are other 10-beat talas that have other patterns of accents. Sula Tala has a pattern that goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And that is different from the syllables here that are used on the handout. Din da din ti kita da kita gata gadi gana, because the accents don't come in the same place in the syllables. The syllables are part of the theory, but the accents of one, two, three, four, this is an empty beat when you wave your hand rather than clapping. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 
is what is actually played in practice on this example. So example number one, let's go back to the beginning of this part, and this is the second main part of the performance. This is the drupad, the song with drum. Wait a minute. Haven't I been calling this whole performance drupad? Yes, drupad has two meanings. One meaning is this kind of performance in this style, with the alop divided into these three parts and with the singers following a complex set of rules for how to develop this long alop that goes up and down three octaves and so on. This part, too, which is also called drupad, that is the part of the performance that includes the drum, the song with the drum. So is that confusing? Drupad 1, the whole style of music, including the alop and the song. Drupad 2, just the song. Both of those are called Drupad. Why did they do this? Just to confuse us, right? Americans would never do it that way. I mean, we would never call uh, something, I don't know, what, 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 what might we call it that might confuse somebody who didn't know? Well, you know, come to think of it, I bet we could think of a way to confuse other people, and they'd have to ask a few questions too. Well, you have to ask a few questions. You have to ask, what's the Drupad? The whole style of music is the Drupad. What's the Drupad? Just the song with the drum is the Drupad. Two different meanings. You guys can count to two, so you can figure that out. Good. Congratulations on figuring that out. The Drupad is a song. It has a repeating rhythmic cycle of 10 beats. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. I bet you can all count to 10, but I won't make you count to 10. Instead, I want to teach you the words to the song that they're going to sing so you can follow what they sing, so that you can follow what they're singing all the way through. Because probably you don't speak this language. You speak a little Sanskrit now. Remember, we learned some Sanskrit back in Japan, and that's an Indian language. But this isn't Sanskrit. This is a, another old language. It's old Hindi, or maybe it's Braj, a language that existed a few hundred years ago before modern Hindi developed. And so it's a little bit different from, um, uh, from current vernacular language in India. But probably a lot of you are not native speakers of old Hindi. So let's just see if we can figure out what these words are. Anasunai. Can you say that? Anasunai. Bansuri Kanha. Brikabana. That R with a dot under it is Ri. Brikabana. Dulare Achanaka. A C is pronounced Ch. Nikasa I. Vrijabala. Okay. Batiyam. Sunata Pyari. Not bad. Chalabala. Somchatura. 
Nara Mukuta. Oh, wait a minute. You see that dot under the T? Nara Mukuta. The T has a dot under it. What that means is you pronounce it with your tongue turned backwards and upside down in your mouth. Mukuta, like that. If you pronounce it with your tongue right side up and forwards, it's wrong. It means something else. So you've got to pronounce it. Curl your tongue. Just try curling your tongue. Ta. Ta. Oh, not that. Mukuta. Okay, great. We're getting along fine here. Mukuta. Sorry? That's right. It's called retroflex. Retro, backwards, flex, bend. So backwards, bend, tongue. Retroflex. Thank you. Mala Torah. By the way, the lines above a vowel mean it's a long vowel. So if you had like the beginning of this line, Nara, you have a line above the first A, no line above the second A. Second A. And so the first A is long and the second A is short. Now I have to explain that in American schools, they teach you that there are long A and short A. And long A is pronounced A, and short A is pronounced A. Now wait a minute. What's long and short about that? A, A. What's long? What's short? It's not long and short. It's two different vowels. A, A. You open your mouth differently, you put your tongue in a different place, and you say a different vowel. A, a. No. In Indian languages and many other languages around the world, long and short vowels are long and short. So this word with a long A at the beginning, na, and the short A, ra, are the same vowel. Nara, Nara, Nara. But one of them you say twice as long as the other. That's what long and short vowels are. Now, you Americans, forgive your teachers for lying to you so many years ago. They didn't know any better. It's because all the books about other languages used those terms, long and short vowels. And so they thought they had, had to use them too, even though there's no such thing in English. Long and short vowels? Well, if you speak with a southern accent, you all would use long vowels and short vowels. I guess, I don't know. That's, is that a southern accent? Well, it's a weird accent. There might be some dialects where you do use long and short vowels. Anyhow, Nara. Mukuta. Mala, Torah, Dari. Oh, there's one of those backwards upside down D's again. Dari, Moti, Chunata, Maimto, Hari Lalana, Kebichagera, Lai Kanha. Congratulations. 
you've learned another language. Now let's hear how they sing it. Back to the beginning. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <coughs> And you see, they come back to one, beat one, at the beginning. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. a song that is composed and the performers are singing it the way that it was written and you can tell by two things one that they repeat it exactly the same and two that the two of them sing together because if it wasn't pre-written if it wasn't something that they already knew and had rehearsed, they wouldn't be able to sing together. But sometimes they improvise, and when they improvise, then one of them has to take the lead and improvise, because he's making up new music as he goes along, and the other one doesn't know what the, what, what the one improvising is going to do. So you'll hear one of the voices drop out every now and then, and one singer take over, and usually that'll be a faster and more fancy kind of singing and then finally the other singer will join him again and <clears throat> then you know that they're back to the composed song. There is one singer improvising. And now they're singing together. You hear the one guy take off and sing fast. Here he's improvising. The music hasn't gotten any faster, but the drum is playing a lot faster. But it's still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <coughs> <coughs> So those 10 beats don't get any faster. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They stay pretty much the same as they were at the beginning, but the notes get faster because you squeeze more notes into the space of those 10 beats. So as you might have started out with only 10 strokes on the drum within the 10 beats, you speed that up to 20 or even 40 strokes between the space of those 10 beats as you move on. And this is different from the more modern forms 
of Indian classical music, where the beats actually get faster. So you start out with one, two, three, four, and then speed up. One, two, three, four. And I think it's time that we had a demonstration of that, perhaps. So. All right, hello, everybody. If you guys want to come and move forward, it might be easier because I'm going to be sitting down. So feel free to move if you like to. Um, my name is Andre, and I'm very happy to show you guys some tabla. Um, now, if you guys are noticing that uh, the syllables that are being used in tabla um, sound like they might be, uh, or sound similar to these sim uh, syllables that they use in melody. Um, but these are very specific to these drums, and we don't have anything like that in Western music. Um, but you do see it in other cultures, like in Africa, uh, or in um, the Middle East, you have a very syllabic system of um, expressing drum notes. So every single syllable that you're going to hear is a specific sound on the drums. Um, so, well, first, first off, I took my shoes off, and that is proper procedure. You cannot get your feet close to the drums or point the bottoms of your feet to the drums. Um, but here we have the two drums that are in a tabla set. The right one is called the tabla, the left one is called the bayan, and uh, every single note, including combinations of notes, are a specific syllable. I'm going to get up and write a couple syllables first, but first I'll just explain them to you. So um, you might have them together. I'm going to get my left hand and my right hand together. This would be called a da, and that would be aspirated, so D-H-A, da, da. You might have just one, and then they would reduce it and change it to just ta. Same note, just by itself. Da, da. Okay. Um, so, like we were talking about yesterday, there are garanas, which are different houses or schools. Um, so, there are a number of uh, very famous garanas for tabla music, where essentially they're led by um, the, the master in each one. So, um, for example, a very common uh, and a very large garana is called the Delhi garana. And I will write you a quick composition on the board of a Delhi garana. Oh, I'm sorry, a Delhi kayada. And a kayada, I'll write that down as well. Kayada is essentially a form, compositional form in uh, tintal is what I'm going to show you. Tintal is another descriptive, which essentially means 16 beats. So kaida is a compositional form that has some particular um, intricacies, but it will be in tintal, and this is the rhythmic cycle of 16 beats. Okay? Um, so what they do is they give you essentially what they call a theka, and the theka is your outline. So it sounds like this. Da, de, de. Da, de, de. I don't have that Da, de, de, da, de, de. Da, da, de, de. Da, de, de, da, de, de, da, de, de, de. Da, de, de, 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 
Now this is all wrapped up in the pedagogy, the, the way that it's taught. Um, when you learn, they essentially yell the stream of syllables at you until you get it. So again, da, te, te. Da, te, te. Da, da, te, te. Sorry guys, it'll be much clearer when we get there. Now this is repeated, but in a system where you saw um, Professor do this open uh, hand when he was counting. This is called a Kali. Um, does anybody know what Kali means? It means empty, nothingness. But essentially what it means is you repeat this phrase with a slight variation on the end, um, and you do it with the left hand closed. So it would be ta te te, ta te te. And then it opens back up again. Da da te te. Da ge di na ge na. So to give you some variations, they'll start you off right here. <coughs> now, you're not going to have to know any of this for the test, obviously. But, essentially, it sounds like this. Counting on my fingers makes it easy because there's four notches on my fingers. It's a very typical way of counting. Sounds like this. some particularities of where you open and close, but this is your set composition. Now you take that composition and you can add all sorts of variations to it, um, essentially doubling the size of it, but the most typical thing that you guys are going to hear um, out of all of this is what they call a tihai. And I'll write that on the board as well. Tihai is essentially an ending, and it's an ending that gives you a concept that is a repetition of three set of three. So what you will essentially hear is the same phrase repeated three times. And the real goal of this is so that your very last note ends on the one again. Okay, so after you're sort of looking ahead essentially and you want to land on the one. So uh, one example might be um, There's a repetitive set of three within it, and then you repeat that three times to eventually get to the one again. Now this is very mathematical, so you sort of question how we put this all together in our heads. Well, a lot of it is, um, a lot of it is chunking these ideas. And what I mean by that is putting them into uh, larger units of representation. So you start to think of things as a phrase um, rather than each specific note. Um, and also the Kali is very useful. You 
the Kali again is the closed section of it. That helps you keep track when you're going really fast. Um, so, tabla players listen to that opening closed sound to make sure that they're on time. Um, so, in modern times, uh, teen tal of course, is very common. It's the most common. Um, but more and more, you're hearing shorter songs, shorter compositions or improvisations. And the improvisations are always within this rhythmic structure. It's not totally free improv. Um, but there's a certain amount of freedom within a rhythmic structure. Um, but more common, you're going to hear things in other time signatures um, or other um, numbers of cycles. So we just listened to one in 10. Um, and I can do one in seven for you. Uh, it's called Rupaktal. And the divisions are one, two, one, two, three, four, one. So. playing in seven, and I played a phrase that was essentially in 29, uh, with three repetitions of the phrase. So that's essentially, uh, and each, each phrase was a beat of nine. So nine plus nine plus nine is 27. And then the extra one beat at the end gives you 28, which is seven goes into 28 even. Does that make sense? It's, it's, it's a little difficult to conceptualize, but we're essentially playing phrases that are longer than your standard rhythmic cycle. So I played nine instead of seven. But they eventually all come together at the end um, on the 28th beat, the one, essentially. Anybody have any questions? No? Okay. Time. More time. Uh, let's see. Uh, there is a, there's a concept uh, called a, uh, a tukra. And tukra is a small composition um, that essentially does the same idea as a tihai, but without a larger piece associated with it at the end. Um, so uh, one example, um, uh, and kind of a golden number in a lot of this music, is 64. Okay? And for many reasons, um, uh, one is which uh, it's, it's divisible by 16. But you can also do other phrases to get you to that same number um, if, you were still, if you're playing in tintal, which is 16 beats. Uh, so this chakrada is from, you know, I, I said there was the Delhi Garana, which is this kaida. This is one from the Farukabad Garana, uh, and it goes like this. Um, if you guys want to count along, you can. Uh, people count on their fingers. One, two, three, four.
negative three, repeated three times, and it gets you back on the one again, if you guys are counting. So a lot of the times you have some of the old masters or teachers sitting in the front row, making sure you do it right, you know, yelling at you if you do it wrong, or doing, kind of taunting you a little bit. Um, and often you see people counting, often you see people anticipating the one, um, you know, with this sort of, you know, ah, some, or, or like, ole in Spain, people say ole after you're done. Same sort of thing, they cheer if you hit right on the one again, in the right spot. Cool. Okay, no questions? Not? Yes? Um, there were, uh, some of the uh, Indian musicologists have put together, um, essentially, you know, thousands of combinations, especially in terms of groupings. So you might have, like, we, we just heard a, a 10 beat cycle on the recording, um, that was called, what was that rhythmic cycle called? Um, uh, Does anybody, did anybody write that down? Oops, I'm sorry. Okay, so you might, you'll have variations on 10, so there might be hundred different ways of cutting up 10 beats. So Jatal is another one in 10. So within each specific one, you're gonna have you know, a ton of different variations. Um, but essentially you have rhythms that go you know, from as small as three, um, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Um, 13 is not very common, but still around 14. Sometimes you have things like 22 and a half, which is essentially, um, 45, right? And uh, I guess the largest rhythmic cycle is 108 and a half, which is 217. Um, you don't see people doing that too often, but sometimes uh, they they do pull out something like that, and it's uh, it's very difficult to not only listen and hear, but count and you know effectively hear when it lands correctly or not. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of different types. Just, just like uh, there's a lot of different types of ragas and combinations of them, um, we have a whole number of other types. Yes? I'm sorry, we have to stop now. It's okay. Thank you, questions. Anyone to ask a quick question? Yeah, Try feel free to come up and, and talk.